Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I know you're loving the Daily Draft games on Sleeper, but don't forget about the over-unders. And be sure to correlate your picks based on likely game flow. Promo code UNDERWORLD doubles your deposit up to 100 bucks. Waiver wired. I made that up. I made that up. That was a that was an original. That was an original piece. It wasn't very good, but that's the lesson you learn. That's the lesson you learn when you try to uh, play your new stuff, <laughs> right? The audience is like, "What is that?" That's not good. What? Play the hits. Damn it. I should have played the hits. Should have played the hits because we don't have a lot going on here uh, for the waiver wire this week. It's not great. Not good. Not good. Not not great. Not good. Bad. Bad. Also known as bad. And uh, yeah. Wow. Not great. I'm uh, struggling this week for the final installation of waiver wired. I'm struggling to to get my enthusiasm where it needs to be, get my energy level up. I mean, how can you? I mean, there's really no free square running backs available. There is uh, still DJ Chark out there, but he's been out there for weeks. We've been talking about him on a loop. What else can we say about DJ Chark? We got a lot of guys that they got targets because someone else was concussed. The, look, at the, look at the tight ends. Look, look at the tight Just look no further than the tight ends. The top tight end streamers are Chig Aquankwu, who we talked about at length on the top 10 takeaways. He has the athleticism. There's not a lot of uh, target options there in Tennessee. This is a good week to stream Tennessee wide receivers in general. This is a good week to stream even Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. There's not a lot of great options at quarterback. You got Tannehill. You've got Desmond Ritter, who's best comparable to Ryan Tannehill. You've got Taylor Heineke. Against the Giants, you maybe just go pure Konami with Tyler Huntley. I mean, at tight end, if you can't get Chig, and I would actually bid up to 10%. If you need tight end, I would bid on on Chig. Yeah, yeah. You should have got him last week. You're, you're absolved. But now you have to bid maybe 10% of your remaining budget to get Chig Aquanku. It's worth it. Then you've got Tyler Conklin. It's the law of the conservation of targets in New York with the Jets. If they do turn back to Flacco, that's only a good thing. They're, they're going to air it out. Whether it's White or Flacco, they're, they're going to throw the ball. And that's good for Elijah Moore. We'll talk about him a little bit. It's good for Tyler Conklin. And then I guess Kate Otten. It's just, it's so hard. Jawan Johnson. And these are like, these are desperation streamers where you're sure you're going to get zero. You play Jawan Johnson, you play Kate Otten, you're like, oh, this is... 
this is this is uh, three for twenty one, right? I'm hoping for my five points. I want my five points. Maybe a Kate Otten. Maybe ah, it's like ah, I don't know. Maybe maybe somehow he catches like five passes for forty five yards. And it's like maybe close to ten fantasy points. You're you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're actually going to get 10 fantasy points from these guys. You know that, right? I mean, Jake, you can. But anyone else, you're not going to actually get, like, Logan Thomas, Hayden Hurst, if he's even available. If he's not available, was it Mitchell something? I mean, was it Mitchell Wilcox? Is that it? Is that it? Is it? I don't I don't know. Who cares? You're not getting 10 fantasy points. That, that's, a, that's such a dream world that you might be living in. What kind of fantasy are you living in? Then you get 10 fantasy points. But Chick Aquaku, you could. You could. And K. Dotton, he can get you nine and a half, right? Conklin, nine and a half. Oh, this is, it's such a brutal week on the waiver wire. And we talked about this on the Top 10 Takeaway Show. You come back to the players that you've had conviction in all season. I've insisted all year that Chuba Hubbard is better than Dante Foreman. You saw it again this past week. He gets. The same yards and more receptions on fewer opportunities, a lower snap share. It's like, oh, well, the snap share favors Foreman. Foreman outsnapped him by at least 10%. Okay, but it's it's changing week to week, right? They're converging, these two. So it's probably going to be a straight like 50-50, 45-45, however they want to dist- you know, distribute the snaps to running backs. Hubbard is more explosive at this point in his career. Foreman was more explosive coming into the league, but you know he's he's had the Achilles rupture. He's older. I give the edge to Chuba Hubbard there, and he's a slick receiver. Chuba Hubbard is a nice running back. He is the perfect running back that I would want to to get in free agency. When a guy like Chuba Hubbard hits free agency, where he was a you know an early day three pick, he had a nice pedigree, a two thousand yard season at Oklahoma State. He's proven now at the NFL level that he can excel in all phases. That's the perfect running back to go get in free agency. You use your sixth-round picks on running backs, and you get value in free agency on young backs with juice like Chuba Hubbard. That's how you would build your backfield out in the NFL. And in fantasy football, same thing. That's the type of, of running back that you should be bidding on even though he's not the starter looking at the snap shares, I don't care. Carolina runs the ball so much that what matters is the actual number of touches, not the share of touches. I've never scored a single fantasy point with a share of anything. I want actual touches. And in Carolina, if they're going to skew so run heavy, you're going to get a lot of touches. Even if he's only getting a 40% snap share, that's good for like 15 touches. If they're running the ball... Week in, week out. Now they face the Steelers. It's perfect, right? Run-heavy team looking at positive game script, possibly going up against the Mason Rudolph-led Steelers. They've allowed top 12 fantasy performances at least three times in recent memory. Hell yeah, I'll play that guy. There's very few opportunities to play a non-starting running back with any kind of confidence especially one that's not a pure satellite back where you're like, no, hey, this guy's always in there in passing situations. He's going to get tons of targets. Hubbard's this hybrid player where he is good in the passing game, but he also can get 10-plus carries and break long runs. I like it. 
I like Hubbard. Now, I was going back through some of our previous waiver-wired shows and uh, the FAB guidance. We have the FAB guidance, so I give you the exact percentage of your FAB budget to bid on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash podfather. Give you the exact guidance. And it's impossible. It's impossible to know. We're, we're just playing pure medical speculation games at this point in the week. I remember how much we were bidding on Jamichael Hasty, and that was good process. I bring on all these guests. Hey, was bidding on Jamichael Hasty aggressively good process? Yes. Was it? Are you sure? Yes. Yes. Definitely good process bidding on Jamichael Hasty. And then Travis Etienne, oh, he's active. Oh, he's playing. He's getting the majority of the of the touches and the snaps, but he's catching zero passes. You might as well have Jamichael Hasty out there. What the hell did Jacksonville gain playing? Travis Etienne on a bad foot the last two weeks. Can someone tell me what they gained? Anyone know? Travis Etienne? What'd he do? You would have got more fantasy points from Hasty because he would have caught more passes. For that reason, all of that is the reason why I'm bidding on Pierre Strong. But I don't know. Maybe like DJ Dallas last week, Pierre Strong actually has a high ankle sprain that he's not telling anyone about. And then on Friday, we realized that he's questionable to play, didn't practice. And I was like, okay. I guess not Pierre Strong. I don't know at this point in the week who the hell is going to be active. Pierre Strong may not be active. Maybe Damian Harris is active. You're bidding on Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris with the idea that Damian Harris has missed multiple games already. And if you miss multiple games, the probability is high you missed the third game. Or they bring Damian Harris back, they rush him back, and they play him. Strong is the better player to select for a couple reasons. He's more explosive than either Harris or Harris. <laughs> and he's a super slick receiver. Like He is Shane Vereen. He's a bigger, better, more explosive version of Shane Vereen. That's it. It's easy, right? And they play the Raiders in Las Vegas. This is what you want. This is what you want from a running back that can catch passes you want them down big, garbage time, dump-offs to Pierre Strong. You know that's what Mac Jones wants to do, right? So Pierre Strong is a nice pickup. I would have him prioritize number two, not knowing whether Damian Harris plays or not. Even if Damian Harris does play, he will likely slide into that Kevin Harris role. Kevin Harris then sees very few touches, and it's the Harrison Strong backfield in Las Vegas. So for a bunch of reasons, I'm putting a much higher priority on Pierre Strong this week. With Kevin Harris, what are you getting, right? You're getting a guy that needs positive game script like he had last week against Arizona, got the touchdown. That's a lot less likely going on the road to Las Vegas. Then there's this specter of Damian Harris returning. And then, you know, Pierre Strong is much better in the passing game. What are you really getting from Kevin Harris? Really? I mean, what? Then there's Travis Homer. Travis Homer was a complete and established, definitive primary back and gave you nothing, gave you five fantasy points, which was good. If you're on the waiver wire and you're like, hey, this guy has the role we're looking for. If your whole premise to the waiver wire was like the Jamichael Hasty rule, we're like, hey, if this guy was the clear primary back last week, we're just going to pick him up on principle. Maybe the starter returns. Maybe Kenneth Walker returns. I don't know. Will DJ Dallas play? I don't know. I don't know anything right now, but this is when waiver wires run. So what are we going to do? We got to not do a show. We got to do a waiver wire show. It's on my calendar 
every week, Tuesday afternoon, we say, hey, DJ Dallas, he has an all-purpose skill set. He's in a he's in a great spot. Whoops, he's not going to play. Hey, Jamichael Hasey's in a smash spot. Whoops, Travis Etienne is going to play. Ah! What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What do you got? I don't have an injury crystal ball. I don't have access to MRI results from 2,000 miles away that would also be a HIPAA violation. So we could just speculate. Will Damian Harris play or not? Given Bill Belichick's history of rushing players back and coercing them to play? Probably. Probably. But if he doesn't, I really like Strong in that spot. I like Travis Homer. If there's no Walker, no Dallas, they have some relatively serious ankle injury, both of them. It sounds like Walker's being it jammed with a foot and ankle. That sounds worse than just a straight-up high ankle sprain, but it's a mild high ankle sprain for DJ Dallas. What the hell that means? I don't think a mild high ankle sprain is even a thing. And you might say, well, it's San Francisco. They're playing San Francisco. Well, San Francisco is a it, the type of front seven where the running back leaks out, the pressure comes, and then they do a lot of dump-offs to the running back against that particular team. So that that makes sense to me, that he would play well, get a bunch of catches against San Francisco. of all. So when you have an explosive running back that can catch passes like a, tra- a Travis Homer, like a Pierre Strong, you don't mind that you, you're going up against a, a, a ferocious front seven or a team that's going to be scoring a lot of points. Those are the running backs that'll be out there in the two-minute drill. Those are the running backs that'll be leaking out when there is pressure. Right? That'll, they'll be running the hot routes. So Homer will be a hot read. I like that. Rex Burkhead will be a hot read. Rex Burkhead is just shockingly active in the passing game for a running back in his what, mid-30s at this point. Like He's a big, rumbling running back well into his 30s. And he's not as gross as he should be. He's pretty gross. But, I mean, Damian Pierce is trending toward not playing. But I don't know. I don't know at this point. We happen to process our waiver wire on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock. That would be nice. I would like to do this show Wednesday morning. That would be helpful. That would be nice. But I can't. I have to do it now because of the arbitrary early waiver wire run timeline of most fantasy teams. It's just what it is. But Rex Burkhead, all-purpose skill set, looking at big-time garbage time, I mean, big-time garbage time against Kansas City. He's, you know, 15 fantasy points from Burkhead. It's one of the easier things you could actually get your head around, even though he's not good, (laughs) right? Even though he's just a, a rumbling, bumbling guy that's holding on to a career by his last fingernail and it's like hey 15 fantasy points probably (laughs) i also want to public service announcement to go ahead and stash khalil herbert matt eberfluss has stated that by the time that the ir stint expires herbert's going to be completely good to go he's going to be ready to rock just like jamar chase was coming back and uh, that's going to be the bills game a week from now so week 16 against the bills if you have Herbert and Montgomery picks up an ankle injury, which so many running backs are, Montgomery picks up an ankle injury in week 15, you're going to want Herbert in week 16. For all those reasons that we like Homer and we like Burkhead. And by like, I mean like in quotes, like like 
in a world where everything is bad, then you're going to love Herbert against the Bills. Catching all those passes, you know, maybe if Fields doesn't just run every time. So theoretical dump-offs. Maybe if he's back and Montgomery misses time. <laughs> Think about the scenarios where we're unfurling in front of you in the waiver wire. It's just, hey, hey, guys, <laughs> week 15. I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm still strong. Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong. We didn't used to do a waiver wire show week 15. We didn't used to, right? But, you know, the 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 content bosses at Player Profiler, there's now bigger bosses than me. at. Pl- there's not, right? But, I mean, um, imagine a world where there was people directing the content now. There are, right? There are people that are now at Player Profiler that have created content plans. Cody Carpentier, integral into that. Aaron Stewart. If they tell me that I really should do a waiver-wired show, I'm going to do a waiver-wired show, right? That's what, that's what I'm going to do, right? It's uh, So, not going to know who's going to be active or not. Hubbard's going to be active. That's why. Why do you think Hubbard is number one on this list? Because at least with Hubbard, whether Foreman plays or not, we know he's going to get touches. We know he's getting 10-plus touches. That's, like, such a big deal. <laughs> like, whoa! Big priority on Hubbard on the waiver wire. But, yes, if the... If the uh, content controllers at player profiler tell me like a marionette tell me hey dance for us pod father do your waiver wired show the people want it helps the company i'll do it i'll be here dancing on a string for your entertainment and i have takes that helps i mean jordan mason's available he's getting 10 plus carries there's td equity there in san francisco he could get 10 fantasy points any given week. <laughs> I'm still stashing Zamir White, Keontae Ingram. I mean, Kenny Gainwell, no touches last week. Brutal. Joshua Kelly's getting touches. I like Joshua Kelly as a stash. That's the right offense to get stashed into as a running back. That's where you want to be. You want to be behind Austin Eckler. That's a great spot to be for Joshua Kelly. Julius Chestnut is behind Derrick Henry. So he's he's certainly healthier than the other running backs behind Henry. Dontrell Hilliard, injured. And Chestnut, simply better than Hassan Haskins. So he's interesting as a, as a pure handcuff for the next few weeks. Chestnut, interesting. Interesting. Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram's interesting. I mean, Arizona, what do they have to play for, right? Cliff Kingsbury's looking up and like, hey, I should have taken that college job four weeks ago, right? Now look at this. What does he have? He's like begging to be fired. Please fire me. Please get me out of here. How did he not jump to college? I mean, you can't see ACL tears coming, but how did he not know? I mean, he needed to go. Like he, The NFL's not a fit. And if you're out of contention, remember the, the logic, which was still sound logic. I stand by it. All these, All these logical... Pieces of advice, like stashing Jamichael Hasty, picking up DJ Dallas. These were all sound, logical moves. And why were we stashing Chuba Hubbard? Because Carolina supposedly had nothing to play for. Now they're a game out of the playoffs because the Buccaneers can't win a game. So the Carolina Panthers are like, I guess we're in contention? 
So the whole thesis of they're going to want to get a good look at Chuba Hubbard the last three or four weeks of the season, well, that didn't materialize. Still sound logic, but the thing is, Carolina is actually in contention. And uh, good for you if you had that one. If you, uh, if you, if you put a, a bet down on some sports book on that one, good for you. There was a, a bet placed, like a $80,000 bet to win 5000 when the Carolina Panthers were 1-5. Someone in Vegas or someone that was on Caesars Sportsbook put, a, put, that, put that bet down. Just uh, put down the maximum to win the minimum and all risk, no reward. Imagine an all risk, no reward proposition. Who would take that? Well, they found someone to take it, and he did, and now he's sweating. He's sweating. He's not sweating five grand. He's sweating potentially losing 80, right? So I'm just wrong about the logic behind stashing Chuba Hubbard than being right anyway because he's just better. <laughs> Keontae Ingram is like Chuba Hubbard in that you'd think that Arizona would want to get a good look at this guy. Like, I think they know what they have in James Conner. Could you just let Keontae Ingram play, please? And I would say the same thing about Zamir White with the Raiders, but you, you can't say that either, right? Las Vegas, suddenly they're 5-8, and eight, and they're not completely out of it. They're pretty well out of it, but they have a chance. They're not eliminated. You can see that they, okay, we beat the Patriots. Okay, the Patriots are 7-6. and six. The Jets are heading in the wrong direction. Cleveland's now 5-8. and eight. We're 5-8. and eight. We have an even point differential. Why not? Right? Why not us? You could see Las Vegas being like, why not us? Right? So we're going to keep running Jacobs. No reason No reason to think about Zamir White. On the other hand, Arizona, they're 4-9. and nine. They are out of it. They don't have a quarterback. It's over. You need to let James Conner rest. He deserves it. He's withstood enough punishment. He also survived cancer. So let's go see what we have in Keontae Ingram, who is a nice player, who has size, who has athleticism, soft hands. I'd like to see that. Will they do that? Probably not. But that's the thesis behind stashing a Keontae Ingram as a you know, sort of priority stash for the next two weeks, assuming you keep advancing in your fantasy football league playoffs. At the wide receiver position is DJ Chark, baby, right? DJ Chark, baby. He's still baby Chark, 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 baby Chark, 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 Chark. Not yet rostered in 50% of leagues, which is embarrassing. And then another lion, Jamison Williams, is the other priority on the waiver wire. So I went back, and every week we have just a new like nugget on Chark and why you should pick him up. Two weeks ago, we were talking about how he commanded five targets and that they, they draw the Jaguars in week 13 and he has big boom upside. And then the next week we, we saw the upside in that he had the 100 yards almost, but just no touchdown. We said this is a powder keg offense. He's about to have an even bigger week. Then he has the even bigger week. And then this week we're like, he could even have it a bigger week than last week's big week. With or without Jamison Williams, they lost Hawkinson. They gained Jamison Williams. There's target conservation there. There's a balance. They're throwing to these three wide receivers. That's The offense is running through these three wide receivers and Jamal Williams. <laughs> it's a high-octane offense. This is a playoff team. Not just a playoff team, like the fourth-best team in the NFC. 
I was looking at the NFC rank. I mean, clearly they're not Philadelphia, Dallas, San Francisco, but they have a better point differential than Minnesota. They have the same record as Tampa Bay, and uh, they just beat Seattle. So what's that? Or did they – wait, did they beat Seattle? What happened? Oh, man, did I get that wrong? I hope I didn't get that wrong. Thank, no, that was the week before. Or was that last week? No, it was the week before. Or was that last week? I'm, I'm confusing weeks. They definitely played Seattle recently, but last week they beat the Vikings. I believe it was week 13? No, that was the Jaguars. They crushed the Jaguars. Lions crushed the Jaguars in week 12. In week 12. It was all the way back in week 12? No, it wasn't week 12. Week 12, the Seahawks played the Raiders. When the hell... When the hell did the Lions play the Panthers? Oh my God. Does anyone know? What week was that? Did they play them? I'm pretty sure that they lost to the the Seattle Seahawks. But now I'm blanking on which week that was. In the chat. What week was that? Does anyone know? It's killing me. I remember us talking about it at length on the Stackfest show. And now I'm just scrolling through... All the results back through time, trying to find this game. I cannot find it. It is an embarrassing waste of your time and my time. Yet no one in the chat, plenty of people in the live chat right now, no one can seem to help me uh, what week this was. So I'm going to go ahead and look up Geno Smith on playerprofiler.com, and I'll tell you the week. I know I know. It, it, the Seahawks won that game. That was all the way back in week four? Shut the fuck up. That was week four. No way. That's impossible. That is impossible. That is impossible. Oh, my God. The Lions lost that game 48-45. There were 93 points scored in that game. That was that long ago. I feel like I've been in a time warp this entire season. That game feels like it happened two weeks ago. You saw what just happened to me. My brain just broke. I was going back three weeks, four weeks. I was like, where the hell did I miss it? Wait, I'm nuts. I must, it must have. Maybe it, maybe it was even more recent than I remember. No, it was week four, and that was anyone's game. So, yeah, I think at this point, given their health, the Lions getting Jamison Williams back and Seattle losing last week, I think we can easily say yes. The Lions are the fourth best team in the NFC right now, which is nuts which is nuts. They're going to make the playoffs. Okay. Jack Cavanaugh called it before anyone. Granted, he's biased. He's a Raging Lions fan. But it's that kind of information you can use on Underdog because they have this playoff best ball tournament. Their signature big money playoff best ball tournament is happening right now. And Lions ADPs are rising, but there's still this uncertainty. Not only are the Lions going to make the playoffs, so now it's like, okay, people are starting to draft Lions on the underdog best ball playoff tournament, but not aggressively because like, oh, well, it's one and done. No, 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 no. They are far from one and done. And don't forget, San Francisco has no quarterback. They have not yet found a way to acquire Matt Ryan. So on underdog, get the underdog app. Promo code is underworld. You get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. So you put in 100, you get 100 on Underdog. 
If you're not on now, now is the time because maybe, okay, I'm eliminated from the playoffs. You can actually draft. Drafting is the most fun thing in all of fantasy. You can draft on underdog right now, playoff best ball, get your Lions. Get your Lions in. Get your Chark. Get your Jamison Williams. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. What's Jamison Williams' snap share going to be two, three weeks from now? Right? So he's an explosive first-round pick. Many argued he was the best wide receiver in the class. All the film guys just, oh, my God. The film loved it. Oh, the film. Oh, his film. His snap share went from 19% up from 11% the previous week. Where's it going to go next week? Right? Probably 29%. That's the logical neck. Well, maybe 26% if you're just extrapolating. And then after that, 37%. He's going to be the starting wide receiver in three receiver sets as soon as this coming week. And he already scored a, a long touchdown on a broken play. Like This is the definition of a priority stash. If it's not Chark, I want Williams. I don't care who's out there. Oh, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore's back. I'd rather have Jamison Williams. Oh, I, oh someone dropped Paris Campbell. I'd rather have Jamison Williams on underdog. Promo code is underworld in their playoff best ball tournament, especially. But I mean, I do want Elijah Moore. I think Elijah Moore is interesting. We have this Corey Davis concussion. He misses this coming week. Coin flip. If he well, more, better chance in a coin flip that Corey Davis misses the next week. What 60-40 chance Corey Davis is out. Corey Davis also has already signed a second contract, so maybe 70-30. If Davis is not cleared in time, then Elijah Moore absolutely in line for another 10-target afternoon. Very, very possible. But this is the Garrett Wilson offense. It's still the Jets, and this is Garrett Wilson territory. So remember what you're actually getting. You're getting a secondary option, a tertiary option, on the Garrett Wilson offense with a journeyman quarterback. Just know that's generally what you're getting when you pick up an Elijah Moore. If you're looking at, oh man, about Moore, Jamison Williams, Jamison Williams. And then the question is, will Elijah Moore or Paris Campbell? Someone's going to drop Paris Campbell, right? Watch out for him getting dropped, but Alec Pierce is just a quintessential, volatile number three option where depending on game plan, as we talked about many times, week in, week out, depending on game plan, wide receivers can oscillate wildly Paris Campbell has been a much more consistent commander of targets. He's even more explosive than Alec Pierce down the field. He's had big boom weeks. Matt Ryan is technically still under center. They're playing Minnesota. So Paris Campbell should get the priority over Elijah Moore if he's dropped, right? So when we're doing our fab guidance, we tell you what to bid on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash podfather, based on what it's going to take to get that guy to secure him, secure the bag, right? But if you're actually deciding who to start, I would rather start Paris Campbell, though I can win Paris Campbell in free agency with half the bid based on recency bias. So you're going to have all this point chasing of Elijah Moore. You're going to have to go up to like 8% of your budget or more to get him. Whereas with Paris Campbell, you can just put like a 5% bid. Let's say you have a hundred out of a thousand dollars left or 10 out of a hundred dollars left. All I'm saying is you just put like, you know, $5, right? That's why if you are running a league, you need the, the fab bidding to be more granular. You need to ha- a, a lot, a thousand dollars, because at this point in the season, if someone has 10% of their remaining funds, they need the flexibility to put 5% on Campbell 
and then put 10% on Elijah Moore and be able to manage their funds for the next three, four weeks down to zero. If you only give people 100, then if you're at, say, uh, you know, $10 left, then what are you going to do? You're going to put one or two dollars on Campbell. Like that's that's a boring decision. That's a really boring decision. Why would you make the decision more interesting by making someone choose between five percent or seven percent or ten percent? But based on the recency bias, Campbell, though he's the better option, will be half the expense. Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall's interesting too. Again, he had one catch. So no one's going to be out here trying to pick him up. But if I'm making a start-sit decision and DJ Moore is out, I mean, DJ Moore went in for an MRI. And they said he's day-to-day, right? Day-to-day, which is week-to-week. DJ Moore ain't playing, right? You go in for an MRI, you're not playing. Probably. Although now they're in playoff contention. So now there's a possibility. Oh! Everything we say is obsolete the moment... We say it on the waiver-wired program. Well, now all of a sudden you have Sam Darnold, who's the best quarterback that the Carolinas started all year, and you have a clear alpha number one option in Terrace Marshall with no DJ Moore. Well, now that's interesting against Pittsburgh. For all the same reasons we like Chuba Hubbard, you'd also love to play Terrace Marshall in a desperation spot when he's leagues with lots of flex players. Get Terrace Marshall in there with no DJ Moore. But... On the waiver wire, when we're doing fab guidance, at most you'd put like 3-4% on Marshall. That's it. It's like Mac Holland, same thing. Mac Holland's great upside play, but he didn't produce last week, even though, even though, because they only threw the ball 20 times, he posted a 20% target share last week. There's no other options there. It's Adams and Hollands. If that game goes into shootout mode against the Patriots, unlikely, but it's possible. It's at home. Vegas likely favored in that game. I would assume Vegas is favored in that game. Let's take a look. Is Vegas a Josh McDaniels revenge game? Are they favored? No, it's Pickham. It will be minus two, if not minus three Raiders by kickoff. Write that down. Everybody write that down. That happened last week. Didn't that happen last week? Raiders at home. Charges were favored early in the week, and then the line flopped over, and the Raiders were favored. Why wouldn't that happen? I think the Raiders at home against the Patriots should be favored by even more than against the Chargers. The Chargers are a better team. Same record, but better team. Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson actually scored a touchdown, but Skoranek got the targets. Now we have Baker Mayfield under center. He's had a 10-day period to get acclimated. Van Jefferson is... Clearly going to be his best receiver. He's going to be looking for Van Jefferson. It's Green Bay. It's not a great game situation for them. It's not a great matchup for Van Jefferson against that secondary. But he's in line for six or seven targets. And he's going to have the best quarterback he's had, you know, with more time to prepare than he's had since uh, Matthew Stafford. So Van Jefferson wasn't really fully healthy with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford also wasn't fully healthy. Now you have a healthy Mayfield, a healthy Van Jefferson with some time to prepare. It's interesting, right? You're looking for targets. You want to get lock in six, seven target projection. Van Jefferson. You just want upside. John Dotson. John Dotson's fun, man. He's a you know joystick type player. Nine targets, twelve fantasy points. Two weeks ago against the Giants. So they get the Giants again. 
So if he's going to do that against the Giants once, do it again. Will he? Probably not. That's not how football works, right? So there are better cases for all the other players I laid out. Like there's a there's a, a better case looking at target shares and game situation for say Mac Hollins than Jahan Dotson, but Jahan Dotson is just the most exciting player of all until you get to like Paris Campbell, Jamison Williams, then then that's really exciting. And that's pretty much the wide receiver position. Not a lot else there, right? I've been stashing Quez Watkins. He has a uh, you know delivered the bare minimum. Sky Moore, same thing. Um, stash Denzel Mims. He's becoming interesting with the injury to Corey Davis. Trent Sherfield's always an interesting stash, just in case there's an injury there in Miami. He'd be a huge uh, target monster. And then of course you're stashing Khalil Shakir. This is where we're at. It just it it peters out so quickly. Like it just it runs out. And I, I feel like that's that's just how this show needs to end. Just uh, with nothing nothing interesting, nothing exciting. We start the show with all this excitement, and then we end it with just... Uh... Then either Harris or Harris 